1: England had pace to burn at Southampton, Joffre Archer and Mark Wood each touching 95 miles an hour as they took three wickets apiece to bowl out West Indies for 213. The reply was a cakewalk for the hosts, Joe Root scoring his 16th ODI 100 and moving to the top of the tournament's run scoring charts. England winning by eight wickets with 101 balls to spare. The victory potentially came at cost though. Jason, Roy and Owen Morgan both suffering injuries in the field which prevented them from batting. Welcome to the Wisden Cricket Daily Podcast in partnership with Bag creating holidays packed full of memories since 1979. I'm your host, Joe Harmon. Joining me here at the sun-kissed Oval is, of course, Phil Walker. Yeah, me again. Hello. And alongside us, long-time friend of the show, but making his first appearance at the World Cup, is Dan Norcross of Test Match Special. How have you been, Dan?
2: Oh, Joe, I've been mostly uh, soaked to the skin. But I I saw the two washouts in Bristol. I think I'm one of the very few people to have witnessed both washouts. You've seen history. History I've seen history. There were two washouts in the entirety of the previous 40 years of World Cup history. <laughs> I saw two in five days in the same location.
1: Oh, something to tell the grandkids, but <laughs> relieved to be back home at the Oval then?
2: Always relieved. I love it here. It's just beautiful, isn't it? I mean you've got this like,
1: evening, it's looking particularly lovely.
2: Yeah, you've got Simpsons-esque clouds against a light blue background. Yes, We've Simpsons. got a decent forecast for... The matches to come the next yeah. next day or two. So, you know, all is good.
1: We're on the up. We're on the up. Um, as is tradition, we'll start with our moments of the day. Um, I'm going to start with you, Dan. What was your... You had a few, I believe. What was well, your I well,
2: I'm going to conflate four moments into one, which were uh, both occasions on which England looked like they'd lost at a really crucial player, Owen Morgan and Jason Roy, mm. both going down, was terrifying. And it happened at much the same time as... Chris Gale was dropped at third man, and uh, Dre Russ, I don't like saying that.
0: Don't say I'm it.
2: Right, yeah. Can I take that back? Andre Russell was dropped by Wokes at deep mid-wicket. And those, those four moments I, I spent thinking, well, that's it. The World Cup's over for England. <laughs> um, they're not even going to get out of this game. Who the hell's going to bat at three? Uh, it, that was that's. So that's one moment. One moment of massive pessimism when the world's number one team can just be destroyed by a hamstring or a tight back. Or a dropped catch. Mm. And my second moment is Josh Butler. He's just been made captain because Owen Morgan's limped off the field. I mean, did he, was it really a limp? Apparently he, sort of he couldn't make shuffled. it out
1: Phil was saying, which was no. pretty bad at the time.
2: Back we'll, spasm, we think. Yeah. We? I mean, they are dreadful if
0: you get a back spasm. Phil, you know a thing or two about back spasms, don't you? Yeah, they're awful, but they're, they're terrible are but sometimes just briefly terrible. Uh, more of a concern is, is what's happened to Roy's hamstring, which mm. has been a problem for the last mm. two months anyway. He sat out some of the Sur- Surrey's games earlier in the year and he pulled up chasing a ball out to a deep point. Uh, and in a big game as it was today, if you're not on the pitch, then it's serious, you know, because he would have been opening the batting, obviously. So it's clearly a concern. Um, I would say at this stage, you're more concerned about Roy's hamstring than you, than you are about Owen's, Owens Yeah, well, back. Roy, he couldn't bat until number seven because he'd taken so much time off the pitch. So he could have potentially come out and bat. Obviously, England didn't need to get down that low or yeah, anywhere that, near, that, that, near that low. You, you know they'll be saying just a precautionary thing, but a hamstring, mm. a hamstring with a problem, an ongoing problem. And the way he, his expression as he walked off
1: the field, he looked like a man who thought, his World Cup was over and obviously we we very much hope that's that's not the case. But it didn't it didn't look great. It
2: didn't look great. But you know he's had a back spasm before and sometimes those things are linked. Yeah. But you're back and your hamstring. So it could be something to do with that. Furthermore, I mean we'll come on to this later, but the the way the tournament is arranged, England's next two games are against Afghanistan and Sri Lanka, by beating the West Indies, they probably need to get and one more win you would think against the big 3 the big of australia three, yeah. new zealand and india before the semi-finals take place in 3 weeks time now if he feels a tightness in a hamstring or a little tweak of it then that can be 2 weeks it can be 3 weeks sure. he's back in it if it's a serious tear then obviously he's out and you know he could even potentially be out of ash's contention if it's if he's got a real proper tear but he did walk off and when you when you really rip that hamstring you don't tend to walk off yeah but yeah. but just to finish my point on my on my moment, oh, it Joss. was it was it was Joss because by him becoming captain, and now we're starting to think maybe it was a good idea after all that Owen Morgan was banned for a game because he got a little got, got to keep his hand in, got didn't he, against Pakistan yeah. before the World Cup happened. Um his first action as as captain was to take a rising, lifting, vicious snorter from Joffrey Archer. Um, hear a tiny little noise. And then he, he left it about... There was about two or three seconds on there, Phil, when he, he's going, can I do this? I've I've just on-field captain. Oh, actually, I'm on-field captain. Sod it. <laughs> Made the T sign, was proved right, and it's a crucial moment because it was Nicholas Pooran, and he still had people he could have batted with. If the West Indies got to 260, 270, that might have affected the way England approached that run chase because 212, they could kind of handle the loss of two batsmen. Sure. If you need 260, 270... Then effectively you start potentially naught for two, wokes in at three. Mm. I mean, then it would have been scary stuff. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, Butler might have a little bit more captaincy to do in this in this tournament, possibly. I mean, if Morgan has got any issue at all there, you'd think having a rest against Afghanistan
0: is is no bad move. Um, Phil, your your moment of the day. My specific moment is is Mark Woods um, searing in Ducker against Shay uh, Hope, mm. uh, which cannoned into the the inside of his front pad was. Was hitting middle and leg was bizarrely given not out. An atrocious bit of umpiring, I might, I might say. <laughs> atrocious in inverted commas. We'll come to Mikey um, in due course, no doubt. Uh, it just t- typified how well they bowled as a unit. Really, I thought they were excellent today. They didn't burgle any wickets. They they got them out. They got them out in a, in a proper way, in a, in a in an authentic Test cricket esque kind of way. You know, they they bounced out poor Ann, who's obviously a class class young player. Evan Lewis, Mister Straight One from Wokes, that swung in late. Gale never really looked at the races. They bounced him out with a deep square and and a, and a long leg. They they did it. Same for Russell. Same for Russell as well. Yeah, exactly. All right. They got lucky with uh, Holder. You know, when Root came on and they and did get the couple out. Sure, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sure. But but his his delivery to to Hetmyer was nice. You know, I mean, you don't get much praise as an off spinner when you just take a court and bold. But Hetmyer was playing quite nicely, and it just dropped on on him a little bit, a little bit of loop there, and and hey. he took the court and bold. It was impressive, I think, from start to finish. Root.
2: Root, Root. I, and I thought it was really interesting captaincy there as well because um, Morgan didn't just put Root on. I thought he was going to get him on and try and burger a couple of overs. No, he was it was looking. an attacking move, wasn't it? It really was. And then we saw that Root, we think of as this part-time spinner, he has been doing stuff behind the scenes, hasn't he? Because he's got the leggy that we saw quite a bit of against Pakistan. Mm. Then he bowled these knuckle balls. One of which got rid of Holder. Mm-hmm. He's got the one that swings, and now he's got this, you know, faintly turning off break for a part timer. He's got some beautiful variations. It's a bit like Sachin earlier, yeah. Sachin yeah. used to kind of mix exactly. these out,
1: didn't he? Yeah, it's a very, it's very, very effective. <laughs> it also has potentially quite significant ramifications on England's lineup as well, because they've had the Moen and Rashid have been absolute consistent picks throughout the last couple of years, three, four years, as they've become the best side in the world, and then we saw that. Moeen got rested uh, or rotated at Cardiff. I think the expectation, certainly my expectation, was Moeen would come back in today. Um, That obviously didn't play out. And then with Root Bowling, as well as he did, do we now think that maybe the the two spinners, the two specialist spinners um, kind of model has been passed over and now we're looking at one with the seamers and and Root as a backup?
2: I I think it'll depend on the surface and the the ground dimensions, actually, because uh, what's noticeable is it's Cardiff and... And the Hampshire Bowl, as we have to call it. <laughs> <laughs> <The, yeah. laughs> if feel like I can get rid of my dripping misery and annoyance at that any <laughs> better. Uh, they're, both, they're both really wide and they've got short straight boundaries. And so uh, the England management, I think, are a bit reticent about off-spinners. And, and spinners generally in that on on those ground dimensions where you've got longer straighter boundaries and shorter square boundaries, I think the spinners come back in because obviously a spinner is going to largely bowl a fuller length. That makes him more vulnerable to being pumped down over his head. Also, it means that you can bowl your seamers with wide dimensions because, as we saw today, it's really hard to hit them out of the ground. It, it might have been that England were quite fortunate to play. The West Indies on that surface mm. actually, and, and on that ground, because people like Gale are looking to hit over deep mid wicket quite yeah. a lot, and deep backward square, and it's it's, it's huge. Hampshire bowl So you know you pack it with seamers so who are bowling good bounces. What well, I would say though to you, Phil, is: Did you honestly think a year ago that we'd be talking about England searing pace bowling in the World Cup? Because weren't we all just talking about how well, a bit like Kevin Keegan, you score three sixty, we'll score three sixty one? <laughs> you know, <laughs> because we're giving up on the bowlers as being an yeah, attacking and threat, and, and now they're taking wickets. And,
0: and even even just three or four months ago, you, you know, archers remained this kind of enigma for the last eighteen months in English cricket sure but with Mark Wood we didn't know what kind of cricketer Mark Wood was three or four months ago went on that Lions tour with his remodelled run up which has been done to death as we well know had that marvellous experience at St Lucia bowled pretty well in the ODIs after that and has been everything that we've always dreamt that Mark Wood could be in this tournament and today was he nailed it today you know six and a half overs three for 18 proper wickets as well and he was accurate he's bowled the quickest ball in the tournament 153 Ks I think which is what? 95 96, and a half, 96 yeah. yeah, and he's now taken seven
1: wickets, an average of seventeen, which is actually a lower arch, uh, average than Archer, which yeah. shows just now what he's going and going at under five as well, which is incredible for a, for an express quick. You'd accept him going at sixes, really. Yeah, so they, and he's going at a full full they, run and over fewer.
2: Between them, they took six for forty eight in fifteen overs. Right. <laughs> wow yeah yep.
1: yeah, and a third ODI in a row for Mark Wood which is an achievement in itself let alone how well he's bowling and he was uh, touch and go whether he was going to play well, I, I, as it I, always is that's why I thought is. moment coming today I just thought Wood would definitely not play today because there was a suggestion that he was going to have that late fitness test I thought why risk him really at this stage but they as we talked about this game was a, was a crucial crucial game for him Yeah, Morgan wanted his best side out there
0: exactly that it crept up on us the significance of this game I think in part because of what's played out in the last 72 hours with a lot of rain around and so on. New Zealand grabbing that point, arguably. Yeah, they could have beaten India, sure, but likelihood is that India would have turned them over. And so, as you said earlier, Dan, a few people have been... A few respected figures have been saying, well, whoever were to have won this game today... Would have been very much in the box seats who have qualified for the semis, and whoever would have lost would have been facing an uphill struggle. So it was a big game. Well, I you
1: messaged me with um, uncharacteristic concern, I think, this this morning, saying.
0: Yeah, I was feeling a what, bit loose this what, morning.
1: What if England lose this? They might not make the semi finals. It sounds silly now because well. they've absolutely strolled it, but if they had lost today, they'd have probably had to win two of their last three games against India, New Zealand, and, and Australia. And Australia, which is that. Under yeah. pressure, Which, that's that's a real tough, it, tough task. It is. I mean, let's
2: be clear that that we started the tournament thinking that England were favourites along with India. So you're sort of expecting them to win two of those three games because yeah. they're at home and they've got a really good record at home. But again, the pressure of playing those sides—if you get the bad rub of the green, if you anything could go—then suddenly they become those knockout games that everyone's really frightened about, and the whole group format goes out the window because now you're looking at these games as. Is hugely significant now. Yep. England would have been aware of that, and today was one of those games. It sort of almost felt like it's a knockout. I mean, I, I think for West Indies, there's a calamitous result, and it's a, a kind of a shame for the tournament as well because the West Indies have been superb in this tournament. They've just really enthralled. They should have beaten Australia. I'm so annoyed they didn't. Mm. Uh, I was there at that game, mm. and uh, the South African reigned off game. African, that's thing for the tournament because South Africa yeah. are essentially gone.
1: South so Africa so you want yeah, West Indies South, to win that game and stay in the mix, which they probably would have done. In mean, South Africa. Would Lost both openers already.
2: Yeah, exactly. But I mean, that said, if they win all of their remaining games and they can do that, look, if, if see, people are going to contend to win the World Cup, they've got to win games of cricket, haven't they? So they can't look at this and think, oh no, it's India. Well, we're not going to win that. Well, you're, if you're going to win the tournament, you're going to have to yeah. beat the likes of India at some point. They just need to play a bit better. They were really hamstrung today by Andre Russell I think because he came into the game unfit so he batted frenetically even by his standards that was quite an extraordinary innings. (laughs) it really was it was an extraordinary innings. and then he bowled because they've gone into that he bounced himself out
1: as the bowler didn't he bowled bowled the bouncer best and then had to leave yeah
2: and and the thing is if you're you're going into a game and you, you need five bowlers but one of your bowlers is so unfit that he's now limping off after two overs it's so sort of reeked of England football world cups where Beckham and Booney are still yeah. being sort of yeah. wheeled out when they're not really fit and we're all terrified of what's going to happen to them. Yeah. He's, a, he's a crucial part of that team and they don't need actually to play him because they've got enough talented players in the rest of the squad to have played they could have played Keemar Roach instead mm-hmm. for example. I
0: thought it was extraordinary they didn't play him, Roach. Yeah, yeah
1: he bowled well in the very brief yeah. Uh, match against South Africa yeah I, I mean I'd much rather have him than Shannon Gabriel in a, in a one day side yeah, um, I, was, yeah I was surprised y- by that. you can tell
0: him he's dropped <laughs>
1: <Sure. Yeah. laughs> what, 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 was, what was your moment Joey um, so mine was I think the only English bowler we haven't mentioned yet possibly Chris Wokes who I thought he took some tap against Bangladesh uh, he looked kind of he always looks very cool and collected but against Bangladesh he was losing his losing his mind a little bit oh, given away runs yeah well Ben but Ben Stokes was bowling brilliantly one end archer bowled brilliantly and Wokes was the only bowler that kind of went the distance Yeah. Really. So he took the new ball today, uh, obviously, against Chris Gale, who's carted him around the Caribbean only a few months ago. Uh, And he just bowled a brilliant first over, beat him with two absolute jaffers in that first over, bowled a maiden in his second over, clean bowls Evan Lewis. Uh, And just got England off to a really good start. And I just think, however well England's other bowlers are bowling as as they are at the moment, Wokes just showed that he still has a role that others don't quite fill, and that he needs to still be taking that new ball.
2: He's got more wickets in the first 10 overs, hasn't he? In the the first power play than any other bowler since the last World Cup. So there's this really weird thing where you've got a perception and reality problem with Wokes that you think of him as, well, he's really hittable. Well, it doesn't actually bear out. Stats don't bear this out.
0: It's dogged him all his career. He's, He's pretty he's inoffensive he's a, he's a lovely character he bowls what looks like a nice fancy length where you can just get on the front foot and lean into it but time and time again he's proved to be a lot more than that and you're right, he's been England's most dependable seamer in ODI cricket for years. And he's yeah. also a lot more as a cricketer. I mean, he obviously, he dropped a catch
1: today, which was very unlike him, but he's usually got a very safe pair of hands in the deep. Uh, he came in at three, which I think we can all oh. get behind Chris Wokes as a temporary number three. That was
2: Absolutely, I mean, it was perfect. Jonathan Agnew on Test Bat Special argued i think actually semi-seriously last year when we were going on about the the opening slot in test matches put wokes there 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 isn't anybody out there that's screaming that's that's knocking the door down his technique is fantastic he's a really adaptable cricketer he's he's tremendous and i was i was delighted that it worked out for him today because look when you're taking that many wickets at the top i think this world cup has been characterized by the sides that have lost wickets early losing a match yeah. the sides that don't don't and England's dominance actually in, in in one day cricket for the last four years you look at their opening partnership the partnership between Bairstow and Roy averages in the 60s
1: oh it's phenomenal I mean it's it's it actually is. it's ta- and they, taking out some new standards and yeah. they
2: take wickets in the first 10 overs because Wokes is mostly doing that taking of wickets in the first 10 overs So and now the, we've
1: got Archer as well which
2: exactly yeah. so you've got this gigantic advantage with with that dynamic going on with English cricket at the moment and we spend a lot of time in 50 over cricket thinking about all the other overs in between but really it's what it sort of does come down to being under 65 for none after 10 it's really hard to stop them getting to 350 Yeah, and if the OPPO are. 42 for two, it's really hard for them to get to 300. Yeah. Can
0: I just ask about, uh, talking of these middle overs uh, that we obsess over unnecessarily, what about Adil Rashid, who's not yet had the tournament that his form over the last few years would have would have suggested he would have had, but of course he's running with this shoulder problem. naught for 60 today, he didn't bowl badly, but wasn't especially threatening. Root probably looked like the more likely... Of the two spinners today. Yeah. Are we are we a wee bit concerned?
2: Well, well for, if he if Wokes had held the catch at David yeah, with true, true we'd have said it was genius stuff from him because, I mean, in the end, it, it didn't really matter. I'm not massively concerned because I think he creates chances. There are a couple of times today he beat the bat Uh, Nicholas Pooran and uh, Shimon Hettmire he turns his googly googly more than his leggy doesn't he gorgeous you think
1: also the Rashid of old when Rashid was bowling really badly as we've seen him in test cricket at times and previously in one day cricket he would be bowling rank full tosses or long hops and that's not really what's happening he's been A lot of the balls that are getting hit for six aren't especially bad balls. That's just the opposition going after him. So it doesn't seem to me like he's kind of falling apart. It just looks like he hasn't... He's been a bit unlucky, as we said, with the drop catch today. uh, And perhaps hasn't quite got the zip, perhaps, from that that shoulder.
2: Look, he's a nailed uncertainty in the team, isn't he? I mean, I think if you're leaving out a spinner... You're leaving out Moeen Alley until actually these two injuries, because Moeen sort of comes back in mm-hmm. as a batsman, as a batsman, doesn't he? Who yeah. also gives you another bowling option because England have only got one spare batsman, James Vince. Quite rightly too, at the start of the tournament, you think you want to have lots of bowling backup, which they have, and like you know Curran for example. But you don't think, well, I need loads of batting backup because they're not going to get injured. What do they actually do? Mm-hmm. So there, there will be, they'll be intriguing. Will they say to themselves, Vince and Moeen is sufficient backup for the two bats? Or will they think if we get bad prognosis with Roy, do we need to go back to the well and get ourselves another batsman from somewhere? And if so, who is All is
0: forgiven. Well, why? Not? I mean.
2: It'd be intriguing. Well, Joe wouldn't Denley we? well, comes back in from the. You the know, that- it would be it would be like a twist on the A. B. De Villiers thing, wouldn't it? Mm. You know, mm. would you would you be reversing a decision to get because who who honestly is the next batting cab off the rank? Is it what is it Ben Duckett? What is it? I mean,
1: I think Joe probably, Clark. What is it? Well, I think Joe Denley would be Joe Denley back in the mix oh. for what he actually does rather than his leg spin. Which, but, but it's in intriguing the first place.
0: because Hales is the more established player, as we well know. They said. Hales is not finished as an England cricketer now it might have been a line that they trotted out to cover their backs but hopefully there isn't an issue here but if you know Roy has properly done his hamstring or if Morgan God forbid has really done his back then it does it does bring this delicate moral equation back no into chance, play though.
1: no chance Alex Hales going back into this World Cup squad that oh, would, be funny. It would I
2: think, be funny I think I the br- contrarian in oh, me would quite like to see what? it more than know, that I mean, more than that we're British we are pragmatists and we're hypocrites mm. <laughs> You know, we can say one thing one day and then we can just reverse our decision. We don't have a problem with this. I mean, just you've only, you've only got to take a look at, you know, the leadership election that's taking place now. Well, I was, I was waiting for that. We can Around see Westminster from you know. here, yeah. <laughs> just, there's, there's, you know, lying, dissembling and hypocrisy is not a problem for the English. And I don't know. I mean, what what's best for English cricket? You know, we, we, we'll talk about this, I'm sure, about the lack of fan engagement and, and visibility. England need to do really, really well in this tournament don't you just put a couple of those principles aside in favour of another one John Stuart Mill the great utilitarian Uh, would have said you've got to pick Alex Hales (laughs) Um, who who are you you? Joe Harmon to argue with John Stuart Mill
0: (laughs) the the, the pleasure pain principle (laughs) on the Wisdom Daily (laughs) Yeah, look, it comes down uh, to Owen
1: right. Morgan, doesn't it? Owen Morgan runs the show. Owen Morgan, but if he's gone, he doesn't. Want if he's not it. there anymore, good That's
2: point. <laughs> what would Josh Butler Josh do? <laughs> Hales go, back. Josh would bring Hale. Josh goes is a he's, he's a yeah. pragmatist and he's a consequentialist, I believe. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um we, we've done probably twenty minutes, maybe even half an hour already. No mention of Joe Root, who made his 16th. Oh oh God, yeah. Yeah. Oh, who? Yeah, he does yeah. What, <laughs> he does. because he just does it, doesn't he? And. and he does it with such such inevitability that you can almost forget that it's happened. 200s already in the tournament. Top run scorer so far in the tournament. Even I'm not going his... to mention the bet that I put on. No, I'm not going can... to mention that.
1: Even by his standards, he looks in pretty good form, doesn't he?
0: It was it's he just looked... exquisite today. How did you get him out? I don't know. Um, well, you, the way you get him out is, is you bowl a vicious... Uh, break back that goes through the gate and takes his inside edge, or it might knock him on the back pad. Oh, just that—that's that's, that's it. But that <laughs> happens once every two or three months, uh, and then he remembers that he's he's mortal, and then he kind of sorts that out, and then he creams you through mid wicket when you try and do it again. Uh, he is there's such I don't know such optimism when he bats. You know the, the, the sun is always shining when Joe Root bats. It's always the start of summer. It's all it's it's a month that is forever May whenever Joe Root bats. Today was right up there with him. All right. The, the game situation maybe you know it was limited pressure of course and besto helped and they got got away but uh, after the first 45 minutes of the innings. But he was already, as he is, 20 not out of 15 balls anyway within the first 10 minutes. Uh, they did some studies of his technique. I can't add any more t- to what everybody already knows, but he is we are blessed to have him. He is the best that I've ever seen he in, is, in, in an England kit.
2: He is in complete control of his art. With the white ball more so than a red ball because he is a little bit vulnerable to falling over with a red ball when it moves around and the red ball, especially in England, does. But the ball's not really moving around. The only thing that defeats Joe Root is Joe Root. When he gets out... It's because there's a. You can see the sudden lapse of concentration when it happens, and you can see his infuriation with it. The way I always think you can tell a really, really good batsman is if they get out totally different ways every time. Yeah. Uh, with all due respect to James Vince, who gets out the same way every time, Joe Root could get out pulling at deep mid-wicket. He can get out not lazily, but just slightly thoughtlessly you guiding the him ball. out. Sometimes. you can run him out. The a <laughs> backward point. It's like where has that dismissal come from? It's not like he's been worked out. Mm. I, I of course think part of, of the reason
0: meetings. why he's so. Brilliant in fifty-over cricket is because it's it's finite. You know when you know yeah. when it's done, yeah, and you can plan it, and it's quite strategic and quite regimented. But when you're that good and you're playing a Test match and you're seventy not out at lunch and you're you know ninety-five in the afternoon and you're that good, you think, well, I'll just keep batting till Wednesday then. After the game's yeah. finished, and I'll just be seven hundred and twelve not out because I'm that good. The and it's almost, <laughs> it's almost like the the, the the kind of the infinite nature of Test cricket might even get in the way. I don't know, but, but there is also just come up with that the nonsense. There's <laughs> there
1: also another. Yeah. I've got. I've got more. It <laughs> yeah, it's the more nonsense view. There's, there's another crucial difference in that he captains the Test team and he doesn't captain this fifty over team. I think and, that's a very good point. And there is a there's a kind of relaxed nature about him in fifty over cricket, which perhaps used to be true in Test cricket, but I don't think necessarily is now. Walks out with a massive grin on his face, oh, as you say. I think you are spot on, Joe. I think I there's
0: a lot of pressure there. Obviously, there is. That's you, a better theory than mine. Yeah, <laughs>
2: okay. you, you can, you can have that. You, you've defeated both of us there. And, and, and actually, I do think it's entirely crucial because he just looks totally. And people talk about the zone, but he arrives in the zone, doesn't he? That's most what's people, extraordinary. Most people get in the zone. Even, he arrives in the zone.
0: Even the greats. Yeah, Ponting was vulnerable for five. Oh days.
2: yeah, think of that for that over against. Yeah. When you could see the staccato movements in two thousand and five, you don't get blades. that with Root. He starts, Lara as like well. he needs to go on.
0: Lara as well. First twenty minutes or so, you'd have you know you get him early. He'd waft a bit. Root, as I think Stokes said it last week, Root starts his innings twenty not out. Yeah. it's it's astonishing and everybody who's ever played the, the game at any level downward from him it, it shakes their head at and Stoke says that it. with a, in,
1: in envy as well doesn't it? because he's not the Completely. best starter yeah. you can imagine if, thinking, if, well, if, how can do that if you're, watch, if
2: you're thinking about this at home wondering what we're talking about it's very simple you watch how stu- how late Root plays his first 10 balls and you look at how late people play their first everyone else plays their first 10 balls everyone else understandably goes at the ball feels for the ball looks for the ball Root is playing it at the last possible minute. He's knocking it into the ground, down through backward points, third man for a single. He's turning it, the face of his bat, going deep into his crease and working into the onside for a single from the moment he gets to the crease. Normal human beings are, are sort of planted, aren't they? Yep. And they're mm. planted
0: forward because yep. they want to feel bat on ball. And his evolution as an ODI player, he's top three or four batsmen in the world in ODI cricket without a doubt. His average is 52. Um, he runs at a strike rate just under 90 as well. Uh, better than Chris Gale, as we've Yeah, better, yeah. better
2: than KP. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. And during his evolution, he's actually scaled it back a little bit, I think, because he, he, he will see Butler do his things in the nets. And it's hard not to be charmed by that. And there was a period when, when Root was trying to nail down his T20 spot and he went to the BBL and he didn't do great. And he's obviously very keen to be the Don in all three formats. But in ODI cricket now, there's a kind of self-containment within this exquisite technique as well. He's not trying anything too fancy. You don't need to when you can score off every ball and every bad ball, you just, just strum it away for four. It's the perfect combination. He is, he is a genius. Well, I'm glad you reminded me to talk about Joe Root. That would have been an embarrassing oversight <laughs> if we, if we hadn't, hadn't done that. What was it? N- 90, ni- 94, 94 balls, 11-4s, uh, a couple, couple of wickets.
2: Can you remember any particular shot?
0: Do you know what? Mm. He, 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 played, he played one pull shot. I know exactly where you're coming from. He played one pull shot early on, which was dismissive. I think it was off Gabriel, where he just kind of rolled the wrist. And it's not a natural shot for Root. He's not a natural puller. Just rolled the wrists on it, stayed stayed side on, and you just thought, oh, right, he's going to get another 100. That was a beautiful All cover right, drive yeah. soon after Besto got out as well. But, but he, um, he does yeah. that before he has his breakfast, doesn't he?
2: It's, it's, it's why I love him, but by the same token, it's also why you know people like Joss Butler are going to be the ones that everyone talks about. Because... You remember the absurd shots that Josh Butler plays like at, like at the Hampshire Bowl against Pakistan off the back foot for mm. six. The beautiful thing about Root is that he's got 100 off 94 balls. You haven't even noticed. Both of them got 100 off 86 balls in the 1981 Ashes and nobody stopped talking about it for 25
1: years.
2: And <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we're still talking about it now. Yeah.
1: <laughs> All right, well, I think we're going to call it a day on that match. But while we, oh. have, while we have Dan here, um, we're going to return to conversation topic that Phil and I had were chatting about the other day which was this Michael Holding uh, commentary uh, business so Holding effectively argued that he was being censored after criticising the umpires in Australia's match against the West Indies I believe the ICC have reportedly since apologised to Holding have they? Ah. Apparently, But anyway, since we've got Dan here, yes. a commentator for the yes. BBC, um, have you ever felt muzzled? Have you ever felt censored? Like you can't say what you think?
2: Uh, absolutely not. And in fact, the reason why I kind of got into commentary in the first place was because I felt listening to other people's commentaries that they were being muzzled, uh, usually by their own individual boards, you would see that. I mean, I don't need to make it completely obvious to you, but you would hear commentary from certain countries and you would think this has turned into East German TV from 1985. I mean, it was just absurd propaganda. The the sheer superhuman nature of a wicketkeeper simply taking a very simple catch behind the stumps, which meant that he and all of his fellow countrymen were vastly superior to all other humankind, Mm. um, was disturbing and annoying and, and i think uh what happened here was regrettable i think the icc are right to apologize for it because it's better for the icc if people engage fully in the commentaries that they see of course you yeah. know what you want is people to believe that the product that they're watching and hearing is authentic and when they do they're very happy with it drs is overseen by the icc and is used in this competition it is a method for pointing out umpiring howlers we saw one today when kumar dharmasena saw the most blatant lbw that you will ever see in your life you alluded to it earlier phil from mark wood and then it was put up on the cameras because england said hang on a minute that looks out and we established that kumar dharmasena had made an astounding howler Now, if you're commentating at that point and you don't say, that is a very poor decision from Sena, then you're not doing your job. You are dissembling to your audience, they see through you and they think that your product is rubbish. I'm really delighted the ICC have realised that that is not a good way of engaging with fans. I get extremely bored by the constant talk about referees in football. I hated the constant talk about umpires in cricket before we had neutral umpires. But when you're commentating, you have to commentate what you see in front of you. And if you do that, and you do that honestly, then people will believe that what they're watching is real. The moment you don't is a moment people think, well, this is just folk. And you don't you don't want it to be phony. You want it to be you. You want people to believe, and you want you want them to believe it's authentic. And I think it's great that Michael Holding pushed back in the first place. And I think it's great that the ICC have listened to what he had to say. I'm delighted to say that on the BBC. We we are the worst we can be accused of is sudden moments of well no there's many things we can be accused of at BBC. But in terms of this, you get occasional moments of impartiality, which you desperately try to avoid. But impartiality is one thing, and then there's glossing over the glaringly obvious that's right in front of you. They're
1: two hugely different things, aren't they? And I think yeah, listeners, I mean, it's, it's listeners very, understand impartiality, yeah. I think but
2: it's very it's very hard when it look, some, someone said this to me before that isn't the pu- purpose of all commentary that you have to just sit there and commentate the game. You can't entirely because if you cover the England team and if you're Sunil Gavaskar covering the Indian team or whoever covering any team you spend time with the players those players all year round and if you if you don't develop a desire for them to do well, then you're not you're not a human being. You've got no yeah. empathy. You've got no. You're not really a real person. You obviously <laughs> try to dampen that down because you realise that there's a load of different people watching. But you know, you, you 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 know what I mean. I mean, you can't you can't just you can't just turn that on and off. Um, especially if you're playing against Australia, it's it's very very easy to be impartial with England to play against New Zealand or Sri Lanka it's or in the West built, Indies. Isn't it?
1: I mean, you've been growing up watching England yeah. cricket. You you're can't, inbuilt. You can't lose. You're inbuilt.
2: All- there is a bit of that, but really, the most actually the most difficult thing is your interaction with the players and the people around that goes on twelve months of the year because you only actually see the Australian team once every two years. But you are interviewing and chatting and talking to all the England players, so you're bound to develop a kind of a rapport. Well, the ICC has realised, I think, is that you know no one has a rapport with the ICC for, for obvious reasons. They're the world's governing body, so commentators shouldn't be there to say that all all employees of the ICC are flawless and that's where it sort of went wrong to start with and i like to think that that issue has been sorted out
1: Uh, yeah and i think that actually get huge more much more respect if if these flaws are acknowledged from from fans as well I think this is exactly how it needs to pay out so we might be holding a bit of debt here I think to, to not only respond but possibly also leak the email I don't know how those emails got out there he obviously decided this was a this was a serious point well, that needed to was, be needed to be known by the I public I don't know
2: whether it's him I don't know whether it's look all commentators want to be allowed to say what they see they don't want to have constraints on what they see So, whether it was him, whether it was somebody else who's also a commentator, whether he talked about it, showed it to somebody, who who knows? This is all speculation. Mercifully, I mean, you know, if someone is not smart enough to realise that if you tell a commentator not to do something, then inevitably they're going to push back. Someone like Michael Holding... Indeed, ...does not need that, this gig. Yeah. He... He is a massively respected figure in sport cricket broadcasting. It was not a very smart thing to do to send him the email in the first place because he's not going to take that of from course. anyone because he doesn't need to. And however it then got out, I have no idea how it did, but it inevitably was going to. And so it was just, you know, it, it wasn't it wasn't clever.
1: Phil,
0: have you ever felt muzzled on the Wisdom Cricket Daily Podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I was just looking at Dharmasena's name. If you were to abbreviate it, it would be DRS. <laughs> Well, <laughs> do you,
2: do you remember Bangladesh, don't you? you and we Bangladesh won't even edit the bit out. That's, that's yeah. a demonstration yeah. of the lack yeah. of muzzling that goes on this in this show. It.
0: We're liberated. We just call yeah. it as we see it. Independent voice of cricket. We're mavericks. We're cowboys out there. Um, Bangladesh, Daniel. Uh, yeah,
2: first, I think it was the first test. Um, 11 times his uh, decisions went to DRS. <coughs> eight yeah. times they were overturned. Oh, I think oh, Moeen Ali, awful, he gave it? out three times and then didn't give out when he was out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, he had a shocker. But I've got to tell you... I was talking to Charles Dang about this yesterday. In the last two years, he's been really good. He's been, been one of the better umpires. He was umpire of the year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe so it's just bad when we see him. players, well, maybe, have maybe, brilliant players have shocking series. Maybe, why
1: can't an umpire have a shocking series? As maybe
2: well? umpiring is difficult. And let's not forget that one of the one of the things that Mark Holding was annoyed about was the court behind that was given when the ball hit the stump. Now, in fairness, I'm sorry, Mikey, but in fairness to Kubar Dharmasena, someone bowls at that. 94 miles per hour. The distance between the bat and the stump is so short. You hear. You hear a a woody sound, sound. that's yeah. out you know? yeah. so, um, <laughs> we'd all given it yeah. we'd, all oh, given we'd, all, we'd all given it yeah. Yeah. and then we went zing bell controversy ICC what are you doing there So the poor old ICC are coming in for an awful lot of stick because this has not been a very clever email that's been sent out by someone and their bales don't come off and, it, and it's raining that's all the ICC to blame and suddenly I'm turning into I'm, a, I'm an ICC propagandist you're just another stooge <laughs> I'm just another stooge join but, the club but what have I do, we done but I, feel, yeah. but I do genuinely feel a little bit sorry For them, because I don't think that this is a kind of story which is human error and it starts with human error of the umpires and then there's a human error of the email. Mm. And actually, I I like to think that the human error has been corrected. Mm. Well, hopefully,
1: we found a happy resolution to that. We'll see how the commentary goes for the rest of the tournament. Um, I think we're gonna call it a day there. We have to, don't we? Yeah, we're we're not allowed. This is, yeah, this is where we're muzzled. (laughs) Yeah, this is the muzzling (laughs) process, (laughs) right? Get going. (laughs) Um, <laughs> tomorrow, I'm going to be taking a breather, but Phil will be here looking back on a double header. First up, Australia v Sri Lanka. Here I'm, at the I'm Oval, I'm playing
0: first. I'm playing first during yep. the day. Okay. I should not announce what? that, should I? I should pretend that I'm watching both games. Studios. Probably. Probably. No, I'm playing. Probably, I'm playing tomorrow. What time? Just during the day, mate. Forty-five overs. Yeah. The and, and then
2: coming in here, coming over here. Yeah, coming over, over here. doing a podcast. doing your podcast. Do and yeah, yeah, then obviously obviously big game, mate. We're top of the league. Thank you very much. Top of the league oh, at the moment. I got sixty odd
0: last week. Did We've you? already but done that. On, you've you've already been, been listening that on this to the show,
1: shows, right? So I you remember und- when I mentioned that last. Yeah, week. It's just,
2: some of that bit, I just switched yeah, off,
1: Jerry. Sure. Yeah, yeah, for some reason. Anyway, then, I'm doing it with Sam Perry tomorrow night. We'll, I was going to say South Africa v Great Afghanistan. Great Sam Perry. South Africa v Afghanistan. Yeah, joined by Sam Perry uh, from the Aussie Smash It podcast, the grade cricketer. Yep. This has been the wisdom cricket. Oh, hang on, I haven't thanked Dan. Thank you very much for coming That's on. Dan kind of you, yeah. I appreciate <laughs> that a lot. I could tell you appreciate it so much, but he doesn't really thank me. I'm sorry about that, Dan. Um, and you're most welcome to come back. I'd love
2: to. I'd love to. After <laughs> we'll that, more of from that ringing gratitude. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this has been the Wisdom Cricket Daily Podcast Smooth. in partnership with Travel Bag, creating holidays packed full of memories since 1979. Thanks for listening, and if you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe on the podcast app or Spotify. Sports Social Podcast
0: Network.